Hello and welcome to the Nationals Business Podcast. I'm Andy Scott and I'm joined with the business editor, Mustafa Alrawi. It's been a long time coming, but we're looking at the bankruptcy law. We'll also look at Cityscape, the property jamboree in Dubai that opened on Tuesday. That's after a property consultant claimed the market is finally recovering. Also, we're looking at MAF, Majid Alpha Tame. They claimed this week that retail rents might finally be softening. And as a digestif, we look at the food and beverage market. It seems the hundreds of outlets that are opening up across the country are in hope rather than expectation. So Mustafa, glad to see you back after your summer holidays. What do you think about this bankruptcy law? Is it what we've all wanted for so long? It is nice to be back, Andy. Good talking to you. It's still the tail end of the summer I always find is the hottest. It is the humidity rather than the temperature that gets you. Um, but things are hotting up anyway, because as you mentioned, the bankruptcy law, um, which was approved by the cabinet on Sunday, and we've had more details since from Obeid Al-Tahir, the minister, state, minister of state for finance, on what it means. Essentially, it's protection for companies, not individuals. The individual insolvency law will come in in the next year or so, we're told. But this is for companies that find themselves in difficulty, unable to pay their debts, perhaps their checks are bouncing, will be less likely to face prosecution if they enter into um, proceedings as dictated by the law. There are several different mechanisms, uh, some of them court-led, some of them led by a committee that the law establishes, which would essentially be the regulator. It also enshrines several practices that have been happening anyway. For example, we had the Dubai World Tribunal, which was a special vehicle that helped manage that debt um, situation. So these kind of practices where you don't need 100% of creditors to agree, something like a majority will help. That stuff is now enshrined in law, will be. Uh, the law is expected to be passed within weeks, we're told by the minister, and in force from early next year. So it's a real watershed moment for business owners, for maybe large creditors um, who've been wondering what the process is going to be. Um, and in general, everyone's saying that this will be, if in the long term, if not earlier, a really good thing for the economy because it will mean that you'll have confidence if you set up your business and the worst happens that you will not be necessarily facing jail as why, a result. Why do we think that it's taken so long to get onto the books? I mean, I know, uh, well, I know this is anecdotally, but I know um, Mahmoud Kassem has written in one of his articles uh, that uh, the banks are sitting on sort of five billion dirhams worth of debts where people have just absconded. This can't have been a good scenario. So why is it taking so long to come through? It's interesting. Uh, the, in the delay, we've not been idle. Um, you know, the Banks Federation, for example, got together and they said, you know what, we're going to stop prosecuting business owners. We're not going to do that anymore. It just doesn't help anybody. So, you know, they decided on their own, you know, uh, waiting for the law to happen uh, to, to make sure that, you know, they eased some of the problems in the economy here. Uh, but laws take time to pass everywhere, all around the world. Um, some countries longer than others. But, you know, this one was uh, about changing, I guess, the culture as much as anything. The idea that, you know, if a business fails and, and an entrepreneur fails or a business owner fails, that it isn't the end of the world, the end of the road. Um, that is something that is very much not part of the culture in the Middle East. Uh, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of stigma attached to failure here compared to elsewhere. Um, I, I had a, I wrote a, a piece saying that, you know, in Silicon Valley, they always talk about fail fast, fail often. And apparently that's not quite true. Nobody really invites failure on, but it's part of that mythology. And the idea being that, you know, if you, you know, you're going to fail a number of times before you succeed. Um, and you need to enshrine that in the culture to sort of 
engender an entrepreneurial spirit. So you think this was a cultural U-turn as much as a legally, legalese one? Uh, absolutely. I mean, essentially, the law is saying that you may fail. And it, when you fail, you may not be able to pay your debts. That's pretty big. And saying, you know what, that's okay, we'll help you out. That's pretty, uh, you know, that, that's it's quite a moment, you know, if you think about it from that point of view for uh, the Middle East, which hasn't necessarily felt that way about people who get into debt. It's your own fault, right? You're a criminal. Yeah, well, it, it's still criminal if you bounce a check personally yes yes that is and again they'll address that in the next year we're told um, and that's a separate issue um, but if you bounce a check from your business account for whatever reason of course the law says you know if you're fraudulent about it if you know you don't have the money and you're going around writing checks to everybody or you do something that is fraudulent or criminal that results in your company going insolvent you can't necessarily get protection from prosecution so there's a lot of detail there um, that we've already seen and a lot more will emerge um, as the, the weeks and, and months pass but you know it's a very practical a piece of legislation from what we can see of course banks and lawyers all being a bit cagey saying let's see the law before we, we pass judgment but i'm very happy to pass judgment this is good but and when this last question on this when are we finally going to see it as law because i know it's still it still hasn't gone through the fnc hasn't been passed by the fnc has it well the fnc has a consultative role the FNC is currently in recess, we'll be back mid-October, but there's an indication that because of the, the urgent need for this, I mean, the Minister of Economy, Sultan al-Mussouri, last week said, we urgently need this uh, law to happen. Because of that, and as you mentioned, you know, 5 billion dirhams of outstanding SME debt that needs to be paid in the banks and, and, and everything we've been talking about, there's indications that perhaps they'll use a mechanism to get it to the president for signature without asking the FNC to consult on it on this occasion. So they're saying weeks, it could well be weeks, needs to get in the official gazette. Once it does, three months and it's, and it's law, it's in force. So they're saying early next year looks realistic. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's hope that all happens um, um, as soon as possible. Uh, as I mentioned at the, the start, Cityscape opened on Tuesday. This is uh, the real estate bonanza. Um, a lot of developers show there. Um, it's in the Dubai World Trade Centers, uh, uh, halls and halls of different developments, um, all touted um, and looking for buyers. I spoke to a real estate agent who was there yesterday, she said the place was full of real estate agents. This doesn't suggest that there has been any marked upturn in the real estate sector, although Cor Savills, a property consultant, said that we had finally reached the bottom of sales falling. Well, it's interesting you, you bring that up. And certainly the, the reports I've had from our reporters on the ground and, and from what you're saying, you know, the color down at Cityscape, if we're using it as an indicator for the health of the overall property sector in Dubai, um, then it was a bit subdued by all accounts in terms of atmosphere. A lot of people quite worried about, you know, where the property market is. However, you know, we've been reporting for some time uh, that, that, you know, prices have been um, softening, uh, rents have been softening, um, but we're, we're quite happy to say that, you know, perhaps we are near bottom or close to bottom. So it doesn't surprise me that given that narrative that at, at a property event, you know, there isn't a huge amount of excitement because of where what we've been experiencing the last 18 months. When you say that, that I mean, uh, when you say uh, uh, excitement, you mean excitement on the four people trying to buy when, as we, we all heard, you know, 2007, 2008, people throwing their checkbooks into rooms, trying to get their deposit put down. 
uh, Sheikh Mohammed opened up a huge new uh, development, Jumeirah yeah. Central. That, w- that was exciting in the sense that Dubai do what they do best, which is, you know, package stuff up to say we don't sit still. Um, you know, we believe, you know, if the government, you know, says we believe in this market, then it's got to give you some confidence you know, that you should, as an investor or a developer or as a construction company, that you should believe in this market too. And I think that's, that was what it was as much as anything designed to, to accomplish. So do, you have to ask yourself the question, not, you know, should there have been more bullishness at Cityscape, but rather do you believe in the fundamentals going forward for the Dubai property market? You know, and, and I think you, if you look at two factors, one, which is the rest of the region ain't looking so hot, in which case Dubai is always a place where people come and, and bring their money and will continue to be so because we don't see any solutions in places like Syria anytime soon. But also, secondly, sort of big strategic uh, projects like, um, you know, uh, Expo 2020 on the horizon, which should you know, feed in some demand. Well, actually, I spoke to one property consultant and he suggested that international money is now seriously looking at the UAE only by the fact that yields across the globe are so low. One, two, possibly three percent. Whereas here, there's eight to ten percent on offer. That is interesting. Some serious international investors. And I think that's where we may actually see the fillet. Well, this is the bigger context, isn't it? We're, we're in a very low yield environment globally. I was reading today, um, you know, of how a couple of companies have put out paper where investors will never get their principal back, um, you know, over the life of the maturity of the of the bond. It, it, it's it's where we are, you know, um, and and so in this case, if you are seeking out yield, people have been saying emerging markets are likely to benefit from that. And if you look at the bigger uh, sort of viewpoint of this emerging market or emerging markets within this region, Saudi Arabia as well, you got Aramco IPO, the big transformation plan there, which we've talked about a lot this year but also you know some of the the, the appealing fundamentals of, of the UAE as well that why wouldn't that money as you say find its way here given that you can get six seven eight percent we've seen it from the sovereign bond issuances you know whether they be Saudi UAE Qatar elsewhere hoovered up you know record numbers and you know they probably every single Gulf state could pretty much put out you know billions of, of, of dollars of, of sovereign debt tomorrow and it would all be picked up so you know we, we there is definitely going to be a lot of focus here okay um, let's have a look at retail which of course is how we keep the pot boiling in the UAE it's it's uh, shopping is an entertainment here for those who don't really understand how it works the malls are more than just uh, retail uh, plazas. They are full uh, entertainment um, uh, experiences. And it's true that because of that, mall operators have been uh, treating their, I think, their retailers rather harshly, saying, we're providing a footfall, you provide the products. I spoke to Maf's uh, CEO of um, Shopping Malls this week, and he said... I think we've finally seen the top of the market and retail rents will have to soften because, of course, when the rents are high, you have to pass on those, uh, those, those high charges to your customers and customers are feeling the pinch. It is not a cheap place to live in the UAE anymore. Well, it's instru- was instructive this week 
going back to the Jumeirah Central launch was it's on the site of what was going to be the Mall of the World, which has now been moved out um, over to uh, Mohammed bin Zayed Road, away from Sheikh Zayed Road. So obviously, um, you know, taking that marquee space now and saying, you know what, we're, we're better off with a mixed use, um, sort of livable, if you like, uh, project on this land rather than a retail-led project, which was all anybody was talking about two years ago, uh, probably is another sign that maybe we have topped out on retail. But, you know, you talk about living expenses, there was a CBRE report saying that, you know, Abu Dhabi rents have softened, but Abu Dhabi is still the third most expensive place to rent a home on average around the world. And you've got a lot of retail coming online in Abu Dhabi. So, you know, if we, we're all saying that we've topped out, that the, the, the cycle is sort of coming into a, a sort of lower growth environment, if you like, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Abu Dhabi. Well, I think we have also seen that in F&B, food and beverage, the sector here is flourishing. Uh, Abu Dhabi, most definitely. There are more coffee shops in Abu Dhabi than there are homes, it seems. It seems that every other every other shop is a coffee shop. In Dubai, food and beverage, casual dining is booming. However, it seems, after I spoke to KPMG on their um, Hungry for More, I think their survey was called, was suggesting that the F&B sector is actually eating itself. It's cannibalizing itself because the population isn't growing here at the moment. People aren't earning more salaries, but they are eating out as much. They just have far more places to eat out. It's a lot of competition, and it's probably a byproduct of the amount of retail space that has been developed over the last few years. And again, I keep going back to this Jumeirah Central slash Mall of the World move the other week. But, you know, they've obviously said, OK, we built a lot of retail space. Maybe we don't need to build a massive dedicated retail site as well. So, you know, we'll mix it up a little bit, which, again, it goes further to your point that, you know, probably we've, we've hit the top of the cycle in many ways. Look, it's a good thing because a lot of things were a lot of outlets were open because they needed to open outlets rather than there being actual demand or those outlets being any good. So let's say that we'll improve the quality of the places we eat, the money. We, we don't. It's not cheap to eat out in the UAE, what Whatever anyone might think um, and it would be nice if wherever you do eat and you do spend your money uh, that it is going to be a, a high quality place well, so spoke, we're all to, we're all for that i spoke to one operator and he said the sweet spot is 100 dirhams per cover so for every person who goes in they spend about 100 dirhams which isn't frightening he said you know most people can think yeah if i'm taking my family out i don't mind spending that for a, an, an enjoyable evening and you get value for money he said they're opening up their new outlets. He's talking about uh, by 2020, they, I think they have 28 now. He's going to hope to have 70 by 2020. He said, we're doing it in hope, not expectation. He said, we believe in Dubai. We believe the population, the economic cycle will change and that tourist numbers will grow. All the theme parks being opened. We've got Legoland, we've got Bollywoodland, uh, IMG, uh, uh, the, in, the biggest indoor theme park opened not three weeks ago. That will be a tourist driver. Tourists enjoy well, it's F&B. the Dubai mentality, isn't it? Build it and they will come. I mean, that's the culture there. That's not going to change. Abu Dhabi doesn't have that mentality, for example. It has a different approach to things, maybe a little bit more uh, conservative to use for that word um, fairly loosely. But um, the, in Dubai, it was, it's been very much that way for a long time now. Build it and they will come. Just build it. Don't worry. They'll come, right? That, that's, that's how it's been. Maybe, but I always think that theme parks, they're swings and roundabouts. It's... Yet again. I apologize. And on that note, we'll say goodbye. We'll see you next week.